Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. Okay, you're maybe reading some parenting books. Maybe you're following some experts on Instagram or TikTok. You're listening to podcasts, obviously. Maybe you're even buying some parenting courses. And somehow, in the tough moments with your child, none of these strategies feel intuitive. You find yourself feeling really triggered. And when you try these strategies on or these scripts, it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like it's your voice. You don't feel connected to it in the moment. Can you relate? Yeah, me too. And some might even consider me one of those parenting quote unquote experts. Maybe you relate to trying to hold it all together, but underneath you find yourself wondering, is something wrong with me? You look fine, but you're not fine. Behind closed doors, it's messy. And I mean both like literally behind your home's closed doors and also deep down inside. I don't know if you know this about me, but I run a group private practice where we offer therapy services to folks who reside in the state of California. And I invited one of our therapists who I knew was going to be the perfect fit to unpack this conversation with, Renata. She is a fellow licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's also a mom. Her and I actually first met back when I was running a mom support group, and she had just had her second. And I love Renata for so many reasons. She's such an incredible clinician, and she's so wise and warm at the same time, and she keeps it so real. And she brings all of that into today's episode. Before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by Cozy Earth. I'm actually wearing my Cozy Earth jogger set right now. I wish you could reach through the audio and give me a hug. I'd hug you right back, and you probably hold on a little bit tighter because it's so soft, and you just want to feel it as you're hugging me. At least, that's what my eight-year-old says. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things. All their products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. I love my jogger set from Cozy Earth. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to check it out. I think that Cozy Earth products make a perfect gift for your loved ones, a great gift for your sister or your husband because they have men's as well, or for your mom or your mother-in-law with Mother's Day also coming up in the next couple of months, also Valentine's Day. It would make a great gift is what I'm trying to say. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you use the code DRCASSIDY35. All right, my Holding Space crew, let's dive into the episode. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. 
Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Renata. Oh my gosh, it is so amazing to see your face because we're we're on video right now and to be connecting with you in this way and in so many new ways over the past over the past couple of months. And so we'll we'll get to that in a moment, but I wanted to first give you a chance to introduce yourself to the listener. Hi, Cassidy. Um, yeah, it, it's so good to be back. I guess I could say I uh, was looking at when we did our last podcast together, and it was in 2018, which really feels uncomfortable to me because <laughs> that's like insanely long ago. Um, You're one of the OG like, <laughs> podcast guests, like episode, I don't even remember, but it's one, it's one of the first. It's yeah. one of the earliest ones. Yeah. Well, kind of causes a little bit of an existential depression crisis over here of like time just going and how is that even happening? Um, but no, it's so good to be back. Um, I'm always having so much fun, just any chance to get to talk to you and nerd out with you and connect over everything. Um, I've been loving it for God, what, six, seven years now? It's just too I, much. <laughs> no, we've known each other for a really long time. And we first we first connected actually when you walked in the doors of a like little mom's group that I was yep. hosting. And then I mean, and then it just took off from there. We you were a therapist and we spent some time, you know, connecting around that, became colleagues. You started your own group. Maybe you can share a little bit about that and then maybe your journey into how we are connected today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As the years go by, this journey gets a little bit harder to sum up. But um, yeah, so you know, we met. I had my second son, Declan, who's now six. Um, so I guess wow. that can help define the, our timeline a little yeah. bit. Um, but uh, or did I know you? I don't know. Anyways, at that point, uh, I have an older son who's nine, and he was really the catalyst into maternal mental health for me. Um, prior to that, I. I didn't ever, you know, it wasn't a lifelong dream to be a therapist. In fact, like growing up, I didn't really even know what emotions were, let alone that therapy was a career. People did and sat in them and talked about them. Uh, But I was endlessly, you know, sensitive and curious as a child. And this obsession with perception really just pulled me and has continued to just captivate me with psychology and just trying to understand human behavior. So I went down the path, you know, got my undergraduate at San Diego State in a bachelor's in psychology, and from there, a master's in family therapy. And of course, within that, just uh, did my own therapy and really started to just understand and get obsessed and become a solid believer in just the magic that is, you know, understanding ourselves, understanding our brain and how we work and how it's all interweaved. Um, Initially, I was working with children and adolescents. I was doing that for almost 10 years, uh, working deeply with like childhood trauma and, you know, uh, parenting and attachment. 
Uh, and I loved it. I thought that was my path. That was my end all be all. Yeah. Uh, I really love um, and have always had a real passion for prevention and early intervention and wanting to just kind of reach people on as soon as possible. You know, like I, I got exposed to this therapy world later in life and was like, why, why is this a secret? Why, why aren't we teaching this all the time? Why is no one? Why is this a secret? Totally. Why, why isn't everybody talking about this? Like, this is way more important than math. Like it's, yeah. So I just kind of have this passion and wanted to work with kids uh, for that reason. Uh, and then I became a mom and I had just realized, you know, I spent all this time sitting with uh, all these parents and all these other adults and our heads were down looking at the kid. What do they need? How are they doing? How can we all do better for them? which is all great questions. Uh, but when I became a parent, I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I need to look at, like, how are you guys doing? How mm. are, what do you need? You know, what this, the experience of becoming a parent, even though I literally had a master's in family therapy, which is, you know, I always like kind of break down for my clients. Like family therapy means like a training in systems therapy. Like so yes, there's the individual, we're thinking about the individual, but also it's like, okay, how about the systems they're in? So their family of origin, the couple relationship, their culture, the all the different things that we know really impact the individual and how do we consider, take that into consideration? So I have a master's in that and I am blindsided by the transformation of what it means to become a mom uh, and just the vulnerability and the responsibility and the emotions and the conflict of emotions and identity. And, oh, it was just one, a doozy personally. And then also, again, my nerd brain was like, this is incredible and I need to understand it more. And that's where I pivoted and did, a, um, you know, all these deep trainings and a deep dive and just have since been trying to get my hands on anything and everything, maternal mental health to better understand this uh, experience um, for not only myself, but just for, again, that others. Like, why is nobody talking about this? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then that's kind of where my past started to intertwine with yours as that's, you know, everyone that listens to you knows that's your big uh, obsession and where it makes your heart beat, you know. So I got involved with uh, San Diego Postpartum Health Alliance and was on the board of that. And that brought me into your realm uh, and initially for, um, my first kind of idea in this maternal mental health space was to build these groups, as you said. So absorbing all the information, I was like, I want to share this and I don't want it to be on a clinical level. I want it to be any mom who has just had a baby can come to these groups and connect in it and sit in it and normalize it and help process it. And, uh, you know, just really have a chance to, not have to go through it alone, not have to experience it alone or question what's wrong with them when they're working so, so, so hard, you know, to show up um, for their kid, for themselves, for everyone in their lives, and yet still feeling so lost and alone and flawed just because of the complications of the transition. So yeah, I did the groups, which brought me to you as well. And, um, you know, a lot, so many past kids ringing into you. Um, <laughs> But again, yeah, this is where it starts to get so hard to summarize because it's like, okay, and then there's like 20 more years. Now, uh, <laughs> eventually, snapping forward, did that. That was all great. Loved it. Thought I would just focus on that. And then COVID happened, which really, you know, dampers uh, bringing a whole bunch of moms together in a small yeah. uh, group setting. Right. Yeah. And so uh, COVID really forced me to kind of put that on pause. I had a kindergartner and a three-year-old at home. So 
Yeah. Not only was I not allowed to bring moms together in person, but um, those uh, kids were kind of demanding as you know. Uh, and so, but I couldn't, I, I needed to keep going for my own like mental health and sake. Uh, yeah. So COVID actually really inspired me to go back into individual therapy, which I had taken a break from to focus on these groups. And oh gosh, it is just, I, I, I'm so thankful for it because I would have never, I, I was happy. I would have just probably kept going down that path. And I am just so thankful and so excited and so re-energized to be back in individual therapy also. Groups go live on, but also now really having this uh, opportunity to now sit in the real nitty gritty, like the real personal stuff with um, mainly women is who I've been specializing in, women, postpartum women, um, and getting to be a part of that journey with them to really, you know, help them work out that stuff that you just can't do on a wellness level. There's so much beauty in both you know, in the group dynamic, in the bringing together, in the like experience of connection and vulnerability and not feeling alone with others who are actually in it with you at the same time. Right. And and in being able to go into the space of that that connection with a therapist who can, as you said, like go into the nitty gritty with you, right? Of like really what's showing up for you in your life and the nuance of the complexities of an individual's life and their relationships and their unique experience. And there's just, I think there's beauty in both. I think the gold standard is like moms need both, right? Um, And I think that good therapy supports folks in building those bridges outside of the therapy room as well, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, I I feel like the, you know, obviously I built these wellness groups and I'm like, everybody needs these. Again, that concept of like, what we're talking about in therapy doesn't just apply to people who quote unquote need therapy. Like every single human being needs to be having these conversations and learning these skills and really getting to know themselves on this level. Like the benefits are, you know, known and endless. Uh, and then in the wellness space, what's the the limitation I just kept running into, which makes me so excited to also now be a part of the individual space again, is just, it, you can only, it's all generalized. You can't, you know, like your people aren't a statistic. So we can throw out this information all the time about this, and this is commonly experienced and this is that, but it, it doesn't, you can resonate with it and that could feel normalizing, but the nuances of the individual experience can only go so far in that space you know, and so when in that space, you kind of end up still feeling, okay, cool, cool, cool. I logically get it, but I'm still stuck. You know, <laughs> like, like, okay, like I, I get, I'm a, I, I shouldn't feel guilty, or I get, like, I'm, I'm a good mom. Like, I get my kids love me, and that's all that matters. And right. I'm still extremely overwhelmed, and I'm still like, don't know what to do with this feeling. Yeah. I'm saying no, and I know I need it's okay. And now I'm losing sleep because I feel guilty, you know? It's just the the nuances of why is just so individualized and being able to kind of sit and get some shift in that emotional space is so, so rewarding. And yeah, I can nerd out forever on it. So I'm going to just stop with it. (laughs) I love you. And no, I, I completely agree. I think that, I think there's, there's so much space for both. And I'm going to put a link to your groups in the show notes because I, I know there are so many, there are so many moms and, you know, we're based in San Diego. If you're a San Diego based mom and you recently had a baby and you're like, okay, I'm, 
I would love to just like sit down on the ground, take my shoes off and like have my baby with me and like whip out my boob if I need to or bring out a bottle if I need to and not feel judged and just feel like I'm I, I can be safe here. I can be me. I can be messy here. Then Renata's groups are where you want to head. Um, or finding a group or space like similar to that in your area. And I know, you know, you mentioned Postpartum Health Alliance. That's our our organization here in San Diego. But Postpartum Support International is a great place to find these sort of groups in in your area. So. I think, and I think the same thing goes for like courses. Like I love me a good parenting course. I love me a good like, you know, like workshop and I've hosted these before and it's so, such a wonderful way in which we can connect with folks and share information and, and yeah, and, and it's affordable, right? Like it can be more accessible in those ways. You can do it on your own time. And I think it can also just kind of be that first step to see like maybe I'm a little scared to initiate a therapeutic relationship, but I can join this group or I can take this course and I can just begin to learn more and and then and then build up that sense of, that courage or that next step of reaching out yeah. for more support. Yeah, so, I always feel like these those those you know the workshops, these groups, um, you know, again the the purpose they're essential. Everybody should have them um, and have them available if they're interested, right? But then there's this part where they're they're definitely mainly geared around like prevention and early intervention. You know, they're they're not treatment, and I think right. that's the piece of like you know what could be so beautiful about them, and you know, motherhood in general really kind of brings this up, where it's like oh, there, there might be something here, you know, <laughs> like there might be something here that actually would benefit from that more of an individualized understanding, personalized, tailored approach to yes. address. Um, and this wellness part uh, could help bring that to our attention, which yeah. is the, the magic of it so that we can go deeper um, on that individualized level if we're, you know, capable, able with resources and, you know, ability yeah. to join a uh, therapy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you moved into the individual therapy realm and I was looking to expand my group practice and you were like, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. And I'm like, I'm grabbing your hat and I'm putting it on immediately, Renata, please. Oh my gosh, this is a dream. Um, So um, we now work together. You joined um, my group private practice and it's been incredible to connect with you in those ways. And I, I would really love to hear like now that you've, you know, really, moved into this individual space and working with moms and you also have like tons of experience in working with parents and I'd love to hear more like having worked in this like maternal mental health world for so long now what is one of the most common reasons that you see women ending up seeking this individualized support yeah yeah so I get to work with you now and all of your amazing clients you attract, which is just, you know, I, I, I say it too about my groups, like the, you know, there's so much that we could be like, oh my gosh, what's this world coming to? How does this look? You know, and just like, oh, this is insane. And then like, I get to sit and meet the moms that come to these groups and these clients. I'm like, oh, we're going to be fine. Like these, these people are just absolutely magical um, mm-hmm. and amazing. And, um, you know, getting the chance to join your practice because of our 
continued crisscross paths and just connection. It's just been, you know, it's just, it was so serendipitous. It was like, Hey, I don't want to really do this on my own. (laughs) I don't really like the back end part. Not I'm not an entrepreneur. Um, but I love the service part. Can you handle that for me so I could do this? Like love it. Um, so yeah, now I get to kind of sit and do this individual piece with you and, you know, there's all the stuff you talk about. Uh, of course, there's like the, the the textbook reasons anyone would seek therapy and working with that is amazing. So, you know, trauma, um, especially in the perinatal field, like pregnancy, um, infertility, birth trauma, all those things um, bring people in uh, struggling with anxiety, depression, like when those symptoms get so severe, that it's like, okay, I need help. I, I, there's something really wrong. I got to address this, you know? Um, that's, you know, love helping and supporting women work through that. We know treatment's extremely effective at really getting those symptoms much more manageable very quickly, you know? And then, um, also just like, okay, this transition's a doozy. I need to work through that. Or, you know, the, the strain of relationships or the stuff that's coming up between me and my parent or, you know, all these different, um, dynamic parenting in general, like, oh my gosh, there's this baby. What do I do? You know, all these things are, uh, the common reasons people come in. Uh, but another thing that I really see a lot and it really excites me is a lot of women coming in because they're just, starting to realize and this stage I think just really puts it right in their face um I always kind of joke I'm like if it's not your first baby usually it's your second that really will showcase this is something's here um but the, a lot of women start to realize they're like you know everything's technically fine like mm. I, I'm I'm doing it all I'm functioning I'm you know showing up I'm I'm it's technically okay and I don't feel okay like I, I'm mm. super overwhelmed I'm I'm not as happy as I think I should be. I'm, uh, you know, I I feel, I I logically know I'm, everything is okay. I logically know I'm doing well. I logically know, logically know, logically know. I always hear Mm -hmm. (laughs) emotionally, I'm still stuck. Emotionally things are way, I'm struggling, you know? And I often see that. And that is again, one of those things that's so nuanced as to why. Um, and I love, yeah, I love being able to kind of sit with moms in that experience of let's untangle this, let's better understand it. And let's figure out what you need, what change we need to see and foster in order for you to be able to feel all the amazingness of the life you created and built, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really, I think that maybe one of the reasons that, you know, a chunk of the, the, the moms that are reaching out to our practice, a lot of them coming from the podcast or social media and like initially making that connection there. I think a lot of these folks initially connect with, with, with me and then with us um, because I can really relate to the experience of what I would call like high functioning anxiety, you know? Right. And mm-hmm. yeah, where it's like, and, and it can look like, perfectionism. It can look like people pleasing. And really what it looks like is a high achievement. It can look like these, these parts of ourselves, these protector parts that come in and for whatever reason, right? And I, I love that you're kind of naming this here because it's there's so many different reasons why these protector parts um, really develop and feel like they need to protect us from the vulnerability of whatever the vulnerability is, right? Um, mm-hmm. Name it as anxiety here. 
And there's so many reasons that those protector parts feel like they get on guard. And then we armor up with those parts of ourselves and we show up in the world, right? And then, as you said, becoming a parent has this way of being like, shit, I can't keep this, I can't hold all this together anymore because Mm -hmm. I'm sleep deprived, because I'm navigating things I've never, I've never done before, like becoming a food source, right? Like Mm -hmm. we could take birth, right? There's so many things that are out of my control and I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I'm used to when I feel anxiety about things that I, I, I'm scared about. I'm used to just trying to be really controlling around it. Right. And yeah. getting a plus. And I, I, I know how to do that in these other areas of my life, but now in this area with something that matters so much to me and it feels like the stakes are so high, I'm like, I feel like I'm falling apart. I can't hold all this together anymore. And I'm I'm not used to the experience of vulnerability or of people seeing this like spiraling side of me and and that feels that feels like too much, right? Um yeah. but then there's but then those protector parts are like okay, well we, need, we just need to figure out then how to just do this well. Like this is a new project, right? Like parenthood is this new project, this child is this new project and we just need to get this right. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, read all the books, we take all the courses, or we, you know, we, we try, we do all the things that others, you know, we, we search outside of us for the answer, um, what we're supposed to be doing to do this right. And, and then when behind closed doors, it doesn't always look like that, right? Mm-hmm. It can leave us feeling really ashamed guilty, right? Guilt being, oh, I've done something wrong. Shame being like, maybe there's just something deeply wrong with me. And oh, can't let anyone see that, right? Um, and mm-hmm. again, what tr- gets triggered there is it can be so nuanced for so many of us, right? Like what it means to feel vulnerable, what it means to feel scared, what it means to have this child with all of these feelings like showing up, right? When we've yeah. maybe learned to shut down these parts of ourselves <laughs> and then how am I supposed to support them? We're supposed to validate this now? What? Like, ah! right? Mm-hmm. And and just feeling like it's 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 falling apart and that can feel incredibly overwhelming and i think that these are a lot of the folks who are showing up to to our private practice like they reach out with that email that's like you know i i think since becoming a parent things are feeling a little bit harder and i just need yeah. a little bit of support or folks will come in with like i don't want to screw up my kids and like yeah. i can't even help myself with these things yeah and like, you know what, whatever got you in the door and now that we're here like let's let's yeah. let's build that relationship and that connection so you do feel safe and yeah. um so that we can begin to take down some of the armor right Exactly. Like, I I love what you say when you're like, you know, it puts us into go mode. Like I'm feeling something that's, you know, either stressful or scary or an anxiety or whatever it is. The feeling is it's uncomfortable, you know, and so we go into our go mode. 
And what that looks like is, you know, different for everybody or depending on the situation. Um, but it's hard. A lot of what it looks like is acceptable. So it's hard to like identify that, oh, that's actually mm, part yeah. of the problem. So like you're saying, like with perfectionism, you know, being like really detail oriented, being a high achiever, um, you know, uh, codependency, the idea of like, or over-functioning relationships. So the idea of like being over-focused on others and like kind of mm. trying to control who they are and what they do, like that is so tied <laughs> to motherhood. And when they're your baby, like you have to try to over-focus on them and, t- you know, um, and all these things, it's like, they're not wrong, you know, like there, there's a lot of times when it's very acceptable and very understandable behavior, reading the books, there's nothing wrong with educating ourselves, right? right? right. But the the nuanced part of it and the part that like therapy is so powerful at is it's kind of looking at it and being like, well, let's look at the actual issue here, right? Like it's not, you're, you're everything, you're technically doing everything you're, and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling shame that you're not feeling happier about all you have and not having more gratitude and all that. But in therapy, I want to focus on, okay, you're feeling these feelings and your gut reaction is to say, I shouldn't be feeling this. My feelings are wrong. And not to trust Mm -hmm. your feelings, you know, like therapy. I want to sit in that and be like, what's going on there? Like, why do you feel you shouldn't be overwhelmed? You know, what is, what is that serving? Instead of going into go mode of like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. Let me schedule more. Let me get a new planner. Let me, you know, um, like make some, like, it's like, okay, well, what, why? What is there and what's what's up behind that gut response that you didn't uh, believe that there was a reason to be overwhelmed? You know, what's behind that reason that you can't identify your need? Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times what we kind of find out, again, generalizing in a wellness space, but uh, a lot of times what we find out is, you know, underneath that is a lot a lot of these perfectionism, um, over-functioning, high-functioning anxiety, you know, um, they're really, they're learned skills of like how of focusing on the outside world to get our needs met you know somewhere along the line we learned that if we were to express our needs or pay attention to our needs it could lead to rejection or pain you know and so we absorb that lesson i was like okay well how do i get them met well if i make people proud if i show up for people if i you know and please people if i'm the person that like helps everybody get along you know then i can feel in that moment good but really, again, that disconnect between our inner world and feeling what we need to feel and like ident- knowing what we need to need and being feeling safe to say what we feel and need, like there lies a lot of the stuff, you know, mm-hmm. there lies a lot of the wherever you go, there you are issue <laughs> that just kind of keeps showing up in different areas. And like you said, the motherhood, right? Like, it's like, okay, if I learned that I can feel good as long as I like meet the needs of everybody else. Mm. And then you have kids who are endlessly needy and you're, that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't meet their needs all the time because they don't end, you know? And then it's like, okay, that's going to real make you realize there's something here, you know, or perfectionism. It's like, again, you in school or as a worker, mm. perfectionism helps you excel. Like it, you go to the top if you, you know, pour those tendencies in those areas and then you go to motherhood and you're like, oh my gosh, there's no one, there's no one way. And that's not comforting. That's terrifying because there's no matter what you're doing it wrong to someone else is eyes. And now all of a sudden you're again faced with this. How do I get that feeling that I'm doing everything right? Because yeah. that's what makes me feel good, you know? And so it's, it's the motherhood in so many ways just brings out these things that, 
were always maybe there. But now, expressing your needs. Maybe before motherhood, you had time to like, just extra time. So you can meet your needs around me and everyone else's needs, you know? But now you don't have any more time. And so you need help, you know, but you're not, but one of your ways of doing things is making sure you're fine. You meet all your needs. You don't need anybody else. That's your way of protecting yourself. Uh, And, you know, but now you're in this setting where it's like, oh, no, you do need help. Like, you can't do all this. And you're forced to face that discomfort that all these other ways of functioning or all these other life stages allowed you to escape before, you know, now you're just stuck in them. (laughs) Renata, one of the reasons I love you is because it's like (laughs) somehow you like secretly knew what was happening behind closed doors for me. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, this is, this is actually because I'm actually not alone in these experiences. Renata was in the messy behind closed doors too. And she's just willing to now, she's done her own work and she's willing to be like, to like get behind the door with you and like scooch down next to you and be like, girl, I've been here. And like, this is, and to, and to name what some of these experiences are to put words to this. And it's one of, I think one of your, your superpowers as a, as a human being. And, you know, I, uh, like, I, I think that there's one of the fears I find that I found for myself actually if I'm really being honest, in like actually going to therapy. I mean, there was lots of definitely like imposter syndrome for me. I'm like, wait, I'm a therapist and I need therapy. And like, and I think a lot of that was just, again, these parts of myself that were like, no, I, I need to, I, if, the imposter syndrome, like if I need help, then it doesn't count, right? And mm-hmm. just like, it's so, it's so counterintuitive to what I actually know about humans. But right. I think there was a part of me that was afraid of if I if I heal these parts of myself, then am I just going to be a blob that has like no motivation and no energy? I attributed my goodness to mm-hmm. these parts of myself. And what I think is so beautiful about reading the books and like taking the courses, like right. I, I'm, a, I'm a good inside contributor. Dr. Becky is – my boo. I love her. We did a study so group together. She, I am, am so in alignment with all the things. And so I read, I read her book. I'm in her community and mm-hmm. contributing, but also soaking it all in. And what's been so beautiful about that process, right? Like becoming a parent and like being the this is my story, being the straight A student who was like, okay, now I'm going to be the straight A mom, like, right, is take, mm-hmm. like taking all the notes, studying all the things. But what I found in that, in that process for myself was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Like now from ev- everything from potty learning, right? Where like, mm-hmm. I'm going to teach my child to like, like, ex- like look into their own body, and like, cause they're the only ones that knows what it feels like in their body to like feel the feeling, the urge of having to pee and, and, and then trusting that. And then, and then going in and engaging in the process of peeing, right? Like how I support my child in that, Every, everything from like feeding, right? Where I allow mm-hmm. my child to like have a relationship with food where like they get to, they, they, they get to tell me if they're full or not. Right. And validating feelings, not putting my child on t- in timeout and like having alone when their feelings get big and, and loud. And when yeah. I think to like 
you know, and this isn't about blaming the generation above us. Like they did, I think, you know, they did the best they could with the resources they had available to them and also the stigmas around getting support that they breathed in and breathed out every day in their, in their life. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. but like this was not taught to them. And so I was put on timeout. Like I was told like, you know, you need to finish this and this before you can have this on my plate. Right. Like, and I think, you know, and then, and obviously we all have our nuanced experiences around these things with our, with the, with the adults that were around us that we were looking to, to keep us safe, to understand who we were in the world. Right. That Mm -hmm. like, you know, biologically want to stay connected to because we rely on them for everything, you know, shelter, food, everything. It's like, well, what's going to bring them closer to me? What do I need to do in order to like stay in connection with them? And, you know, I think that unfortunately a lot of these strategies as parents, right, um, doing the best they could with what they had made, uh, brought us to a place of feeling like, I, it's not, I I can't trust what I'm feeling inside my body. It's not about like what I'm feeling inside. It's about what other people tell me I need, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to do. Or when these feelings are big, that pushes people away. Or when I'm feeling these things, I have to go be by myself, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and then, and, and not just those experiences, each nuance to our own, you know, family system growing up. But then you just look at the freaking society messages that yeah. we receive as 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 women, right? In terms of yeah. what is what is what is a prized what is a prized personality trait to have, right? Right. And we bring all of this into motherhood, and we start learning maybe through these books and these courses that we're supposed to validate the feeling, okay, the feeling. And, and it's like, wait, I don't feel okay with the feeling inside of me. Like how the heck mm-hmm. do I support them with this? And so mm-hmm. I think that well, one of the reasons I love working with moms and I know you, you feel the same way is it's like, it's this opportunity to like, when we, when we feel like everything is falling apart, to take a look at these different parts and recognize how these parts, how we relate to these parts and where these parts kind of developed from, right? And yeah. why, why these different parts show up to protect us. And, you know, and then bringing it into here now, it's 2023. I'm 37 years old. I'm a parent now. I have agency I want to. I want to support my kids in doing. And I want to do. I want things to be different for them. And in order for me to get there, I've got to actually turn back inward to myself, right? Yeah. And, and recognize that I deserve validation, not just because I'm a mom and I want to validate my kids' feelings, but because I was that kid, and I was worthy of those things. And at nothing at ever point, there was nothing that happened at any point that changed that I was still mm-hmm. deserving and worthy of those things. But sure. unfortunately, these these things can get, you know, stomped out of us. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. No, I mean, I, so, you know, like you said, uh, we were talking about before we started recording, you know, it's like, oh, what should we talk about? And my big anxiety was like, 
just want to talk about everything and I'm so scared like how do I keep it all in one lane and not make it confusing um and so what I land on is like well let's talk about what you know like this is definitely part of my journey and um I actually say that with parents a lot when they're like oh I see this in my kid and I just like so bad I pass it down I'm like you know don't feel bad that's a gift when you like because when you've gone through it when you know it that intimately it gives you so much support and help in seeing it when your kid in helping them walk through it that you wouldn't have if it was such a foreign concept to you, you know? So it's, it's one of those things that I now in therapy feel my own journey is a gift um, because it's like, yeah, I, I can see it. And I not only can, you know, everyone has their own experience, but I, I can resonate with it in a lot of ways, you know? Uh, and I love, um, you know, your what you're bringing up here. And, you know, people like Dr. Becky, one of the things I think that's so magical about her is she's not just telling you this is the intellectual concept you need to understand. Validate right. is important. She's like, here's a specific, like, here's exactly what you can say. This yeah. is exactly what it looks like. And I know for me, who, you know, grew up uh, in a house who, again, and this is part of the, the hard for a lot of it's like, our parents didn't mean to do anything wrong. Like I didn't deep in my heart, know they love me with everything they have. And they didn't yeah. like, I, I, it's hard to accept that they could have done something wrong because they're good people. And I know they yeah. tried their hardest and like my parents didn't do emotions. Like we didn't, <laughs> like it was not part of our, again, I didn't know therapy was a thing. Like it wasn't part of our world. And, you know, so having someone like Dr. Becky be able to tell me, this is exactly what that might look like. That's amazing to me because I don't have a script for that. You know, like that's like, oh, great. Like, and that can be so helpful because the hard part is, again, when this comes up in motherhood is you don't get to just pause life. Let me work on me. You know, like I have so many um, clients actually that are young adults uh, in their their, uh, 20s, early 30s or something. And like they're in that exploratory phase, like they finished school, but they're like kind of looking at building career, trying to find their partner, whatever part they're doing. And they're in kind of sitting in this stuff. And I'm just like, that's so amazing. I'm so envious. Like you're working on it then, that's great. But for most of us, (laughs) it has to come later in line, you know, and you have to simultaneously start to kind of work through this stuff that comes up while raising kids, you know, and that you don't, you have to learn how to do it while you're figuring out how to heal from it, you know, and that's two different yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and one thing you mentioned that I just kind of wanted to sit in for a sec was, um, you know, that it turns, it becomes, you know, this lesson where you learn. And I always kind of sit with my clients and talk about like how the brain works when it's like, we're talking about that because it's what we know now from the amazing research of neuroscience is like when we're processing the world, you know, we do it from the bottom up. So we have our logical, rational brain that's able to like look at things in a very nuanced way. And then we have like our survival brain down here, the emotional brain, the brain that just responds. And it doesn't like think of nuances. It just is like, is this a threat or is this not a threat? You know, and it's like, I'm going to react or I'm not going to react. And that like colors our experience first, you know? And so there's this like quote about, um, what does it go? It's something like, what if prison isn't a location, but a perspective? And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, what happens is when we develop this either perspective or belief that emotions are bad, or that they're a burden, or that we'll be rejected if we have it, you know, what when we're going through the world, that threat is very real. And yeah. it's hard to just turn off. You can't just turn it off. In fact, you don't want to just be able to turn it off, because that's also, again, the same 
thing yeah. that's like, don't walk in front of a car. You know, like the, like the same lessons you learn. It's like, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't um, distinguish between the level of threat, you know, when like, even though right now, you know, it's like, oh, technically, logically, I know I can piss that person off and it doesn't hurt my survival or it doesn't impact me on a literal level in any way. Emotionally, it, rejection is a core like threat to our survival. We're wired to not be okay with rejection. You know, so the idea of when we tie those together, the idea that emotions are a threat, it's like, you know, what we're basically asking ourselves and we're like, oh, I should just not feel that way anymore because logically I understand that's okay to feel. It's like, oh, it's just, that's only with the first step. The awareness part is the first step. The next step is like, okay, because what we're asking ourselves is similar to, okay, cars actually can't hurt you if you walk in front of them. It's fine. I just needed, I can just do that. That's like, there's no worry there, right? right? Like, right. no, like it, it, it's that hard because everything in your body is like, no, do not do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then kind of going there again, so much of our functioning is on autopilot. So, so many, a lot of therapy is like sitting in that observer space. And this is something people can do outside of therapy. In fact, like often with my clients, it's like, okay, this is what I want you to kind of sit in throughout the next sessions, you know, and a lot of the work happens outside of therapy, but it's starting to kind of really get comfortable just starting to see when this stuff comes up. Because the uh, understanding the past is not like, because we want to blame or have to be angry at our parents or, you know, um, pick apart and criticize the way they did things. Understanding it is all just to understand okay, how is it showing up now? You know, what did I learn then yeah. that has impacted how I view the world and myself and others and emotions mm -hmm. or whatever it might be? And how is that now part of what's coming up for me that's making me feel like, yeah, if I don't do it perfect, then mm -hmm. I'm not okay. I'm, my value dim is diminished, you know? Or if my kid's mad at me, that means I'm a bad mom. You know, like that's the stuff we want to, change because now that lesson in those settings isn't helpful anymore yeah. you know it's not valid anymore yeah. back in the past it was valid back in the past it was necessary and it was yeah. you know or a little brain thought it was necessary and was just doing the best it could it wasn't trying to hurt us it was trying to help us you know it's just now the generalizing it to other areas now that we're adults and we're our situations are different or we have healthier people around us or we're in a different role now we want to learn a different way of interacting with ourselves so that we can interact with our world differently. Mm. Does that make sense? Again, it, I just I'm really, so no. excited about all this that I just <laughs> go. It really did. And and truly, Renata, I was I was able to like follow myself. Like I almost like wanted to listen to that again because I, I was able to like, follow follow my, my own experience. <laughs> Again, you're a critic, like, oh, here you go. You're just rambling. It's a, yeah. See, it's it's you can't turn it off. You can just get no. observed and be like, okay, you can I'm observe. Let it go. And you can <laughs> name it just like you did, and you can relate to it in a new way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I, I want to listen to it again. Um, but I know that feeling because I wouldn't want to listen to myself again. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's just hope that lands with somebody and like turn it off and like put it out there. <laughs> and now I'm gonna have a vulnerability hangover for a good week. Yeah. Um, no, but I want to listen to it again because I, there was so much, there was so much, so many nuggets in there that I was, as I was kind of like following as what you were saying with like my own experience, I don't know. I was, I was able to kind of picture like little me and current me and my protector parts versions of me and how, how they're all like 
relating to each other now, right? And it's so interesting. You know, we were talking about you were talking about the scripts and how like helpful that is, um, you know, from a resource like um, Dr. Becky's courses. And you know, what's so interesting is for me, like I love a good script because for me, it's like that connects with that part of me that got really good at memorizing and regurgitating information Mm. to get the A. And I think that it's, I think that it, 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 that part of me, shows up and is like, ooh, I am I can I can I know how to memorize things and how to know when certain things connect with each other. Like I was really good at doing that in school. Um and then what has been my work, right? And everybody has their own work. Like for some people they're yes. like, ooh, that's not me. That's not my story. Like, no, but that that's part of my story and part of what my what's been my work then is like in then being able to shed that after like after like I, I hear it, I'm like, okay, so this is how they would say it. But then it's like actually shedding some of that, connecting with my own voice, making room for my own the, my own way that like and, and trusting my inner mm-hmm. knowing that like I know my style and what's gonna sound authentic coming from me and my child and what my unique child needs in this nuanced mm-hmm. moment and being able to trust myself in showing up with that without all of the imposter and you know you're not doing it perfect and there's something wrong with you and all those voices creeping in. Like that's been my work, you know, okay. is being able to then shed that. I love that. And okay, this is why I have like such a gravitational pull towards you. <laughs> and we just like continue to like find each other in life. Um, but no, so I love sharing that because that's exactly the, that's the complicated part, right? That's the nuances that only like individualized and again, either on your own or in therapy can really help start to identify is like, what is the actual function underneath it? Because mm, yeah. unlike, again, of the traditional, you know, in, in a traditional clinical world, it's like once a level of functioning gets to a certain level um, that's unacceptable, then you need help, you know? And it's like, that's not, that's not what a lot of women um, that I work with are at. They're absolutely so far away from the level of where clinically we're like, oh my gosh, something has to happen here, right? The idea of like learning a script, like you're saying for you, knowing your, how it shows up for you, knowing what that actually would be doing is it would be helping you live out and escape the discomfort of not doing it perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So then that's where that for you is not your like solution, you know, because that's where it's actually feeding into the issue, you know? Um, But then for someone else, like, again, like then for me in my situation, you know, my path was more so like, Oh, like I was, I did, I wasn't taught to look inward. I was, and I wasn't taught, like I was taught I need to care about the people around me, you know, and, and, and in a different and not in a overt, like, not a, this is what you need to do, but that's what I picked up on. That's how I got attention. That's where I got connection, you know? And so I, it was just like, pay attention outward. Don't pay attention inward. Just push that down so you can have more focus outward, you know? And so for me going through my path and working through that, the, like less those scripts it's like oh my god those are words that I did not that's how it can sound that's how it can say it like for me it helps me give labels in a way that's beneficial and works through my stuff you know um and that's kind of where again this is it could be so hard individually to work it through 
as you said, like, you know, therapists are in therapy, they always will be like, they, you know, like, it's not, there's no end game to this, you know, it's one of those things where you can know all the information. But what we're talking about now is being able to sit in this emotional place. Mm. And what can be so helpful about therapy, if you can go is this idea of, again, the observer isn't in your emotional perspective. Mm. So on the outside, they can see it better. It's not like they're more healthy than you or they have it all together in any way. I will actually find, because I work with so many women and so much of our stuff is kind of, again, the process or the like underneath themes are um, so familiar to me. You know, it's like, it does feel a little bit like a religious experience or a church, you know, where I'm like practicing the mantras over and over. And I'm like, oh, I think this is actually helping me because it's like so fresh in my head every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that outside observer, my point being, isn't like, it's very much the same going through all the stuff you're going through in whatever way it looks for them, but they're just not in your world. So they can see it better and they can help bring that part and they can help you become that observer, you know, so that you can kind of be like, what, what, how is this showing up? You know, because it means it's really hard on your own to identify that reading those scripts would actually be feeding into your stuff. You know what I mean? That like those would actually like not be helpful because like it's going, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, well, what function is this serving? You know, like what is the, and that's where, I, I was just talking to a client about this. It's like, it's so, so many times we want this, like, un, just this black and white rule. <laughs> like, do, you know, like, just help me make sense. So I, I need to say this more. Or I need to, you know, react this way. And it's like, oh, it depends. It depends. It depends. Mm-hmm. It always depends. And it's mm-hmm. so maddening at first for a client. I remember being a therapist and trying to learn how to do therapy. And I was just like, no, no, no. You need to tell me how to do this. Because, like, <laughs> I am really overwhelmed with how much it depends. Mm-hmm. But it really does. In, it really does depend on the situation and like so many of the nuances of like, wait, like for this moment, how does it how does it come up for you? Like, and you think mm-hmm. about telling kids, right? Like you're trying to teach kids how to manage this and all this stuff. And I'm like talking to my boys. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you need to do things that make you scared. You know, like just because you feel mm-hmm. anxiety doesn't mean that that's you should stop. You need to push through. And then I'm like thinking about them as a car, as a teenager driving and like, and I'm like but then other times, like, you need to, like, like, don't, if you feel scared, like, you need to listen to that feeling. Like, don't just do it because, you know, you, you, you know, everyone else is doing it or, you know, and it's like, oh gosh, these are so, all of it is so nuanced and it's um, really hard to identify, like, what is, when do you listen to the emotions? Yeah. When are the emotions lying? And because emotions and feelings aren't facts. I like to always say that, you know, thoughts aren't facts. Emotions aren't facts. They have a lot of information. And if you look and sit in them, there's always a valid. They always have like some sort of like, oh, that makes sense why they're there. Yeah. You know, but it's, yeah, really being able to start to get to know yourself on such a deep level that you can start to really piece apart when you got to go with it and listen to it. And when you're like, just need to let it sit there validate it show compassion towards it that's like huge we work on that a lot in therapy and I work on that a lot with myself mm-hmm. um and then you know but let it do this because this is actually what's the more you know in the moment present valued thing to do than to listen to your old comfortable ways of doing things so for this incredibly beautiful powerful nuanced work and for that to happen with you the listener if they are based in California can click the link and you can connect with our practice and connect with Renata Renata this has been as always so so wonderful to connect with you I always leave my time with you feeling 
so energized and like heard and like not alone. And I can only imagine how that transcends into the therapeutic relationship and being in in that in that space with you in that way. So um, you can't be my therapist because you're my friend, but <laughs> <laughs> for the listener, um, they they can connect with you there at that link. Um, thank you so much, Renata, for taking the time to have this conversation with me and for the vulnerability I know it takes to record a conversation and put it out there and <laughs> did it. And through some demons with that, you know, but no, I, I thank you. Like you're you know, like I said, I have just felt so connected to you and so aligned, which is how we have view mental health, how we view, you know, wanting to support women, wanting to show up in this wellness space. And then, you know, now getting to connect with you on in the individual practice and help really like grow this empire and this vision you have, like I just couldn't be uh, more excited about all that is to come and then just my you know selfish desire to <laughs> hang out and nerd out with you more I hope you enjoyed that episode if you did you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air and go and explore some of those past episodes maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned into this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me for sure, but also for you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.